Hello, and welcome to the Corporate Pero Latinos podcast. This is your host, Sofia. Did you know that around 61 million adults in the U.S. live with a disability? This is a population that largely goes unseen and not considered. Social barriers affect some individuals from multiple points of identity. And this is why intersectionality must remain at the core of our collective work towards change. In this episode, Ariani Ramirez shares some of her experience living with a disability in a world that is not designed with accessibility in mind. This will be our last episode of the year, so we want to wish you happy holidays and a great start to your 2024. See you in the new year. And without further ado, this is Ariani. Hello. Hi, how are you? I'm good. Thank you. Thank you for making the time. I'm super excited. Uh, and I, I like to start by asking what seems a, like a general question, which is, who is Ariani? All right. Who is Ariani? That's like, that was a hard question to answer. I, I would know. Say. <laughs> um, but I, I, I would say that a, a lot of um, my background, my identity, you know, it's part of my identity. So I'll start there. Um, like I'm a proud Latina and native Bronx, New Yorker. I'm also a woman who navigates life with a physical disability. I had uh, an accident when I was 18, and I get around New York City in my manual wheelchair. Um, professionally, I serve as a clinical research project manager within um, the esteemed spinal cord injury program at the Mount Sinai Hospital. Um, and um, outside of the walls of the hospital, I um, I'm also an events and program manager for One on Wheels, where, you know, um, I met Abe, and for those that don't know, it's a nonprofit organization um, committed to raising funds to empower individuals with disability in New York City and beyond. Um, Beyond beyond my professional roles, I'm also a disability advocate. I actively participate in disability awareness initiatives. And within work, I promote healthcare access and work to diminish disability disparities within the healthcare network. Um, Yeah, no, and um, outside of fundraising events and advocacy spaces, I'm also a wife, Um, lived in New York City all my life. I love to travel. What was the last place you've been to? Um, Well, the last place I've been to was uh, Cancun. I I go there all the time. Uh, it's uh, just like little getaways. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah I yeah, hate the too. winters here. Thank you for all of that. I like that you uh, kind of separate those things on. Um, and, and really, the question is, yeah, about what makes up your identity, right? Without it letting any single part define you. Though I know living with a disability is has to be a big part because you experience it every day. Yeah, definitely. So speaking about your everyday routines, can you share some of those social barriers that you might encounter on any given day? Um, Yeah, like I would say um, the pervasive inaccessibility in my surroundings and the planning involved on a daily basis because of it. Um, Navigating like a world with a disability especially in New York City due to limited transportation options, um, always poses like challenges. Um, I don't know if as you may know, but only 28% of train stations are wheelchair accessible. 
Um, so it, it's just an added load um, that I have to deal with because I have a disability. For example, I have to call ahead to make sure a venue is accessible. I have to double check um, what's the best accessible route to get from A to B. Making sure that the elevators are working, um, pre-planning social activities, is all those things. It's just like, it's just the mental load of disability that I like a lot of people don't even think about. Is there someone or who might help in taking off some of that load? Or is that just something that you see yourself as having to take on yourself and it is what it is sort of deal? Um, I would say that I'm just so used to it now. You know, I've had my disability since I was such a young age. Um, but I would have to say that um, it's it's not like a personal struggle for me. I just see it like as a testament to the barriers that like society imposes on me. Right. Because um, like all of these issues are like simple things that could that it, it doesn't really have to be this way. Like if disability um, wasn't such an afterthought and daily planning and just the way that people view the world then my life would be so much easier. I just don't, I don't view it as like, oh my God, like, oh, it's such a, it's just like my problem. It's like, oh, society needs to change. What is it, what does that look like? You think uh, to have a, a truly accessible, inclusive society? I just feel like that, uh, like I said, like disability is always like an afterthought. If things were just thought out with disability in mind, Building uh, spaces that are accessible, um, thinking of how we can make a space that's not really accessible more accessible, more welcoming. Yeah. Speaking of um, spaces that might not be all that inclusive or accessible or might just be, you know, enough to mm-hmm. be ADA compliant, how was it to navigate that very first job after an uh, accident, being a wheelchair user, while also learning a whole new space as yeah i would say job hunting at the beginning was definitely a nightmare um not just because the of the accessibility issues but also because of like the prevailing like ableism in our society just like people's attitudes um was very like um shocking at the beginning for me Um, remember like can i can i you don't have to disclose it right but did you choose to for example um sometimes I did sometimes I didn't but I mean I have a physical disability so like obviously like the job on the job interview like yeah it's obvious right (laughs) and um I remember like questions in job interviews like how can you guarantee um that you will be on time like or some or things like that like just very like biased questions that I like immediately knew that like okay I'm yeah I'm not gonna gonna go call back those things were just like hard to deal with at the beginning but then you just like you know you just have to be resilient and and you just you kind of like deal with it eventually you know I was also proactive I knew of the challenges that I was ahead that were ahead um so I definitely volunteered a lot in a lot of like wheelchair accessible spaces while I was in uh, while I was in my doing my bachelor's and then um, eventually that allowed me to, to find a, like after like I was volunteering at a, at a job, I was eventually hired there as a HR assistant. It was a, a school, a new school that um, 
had just opened up so it was like it was pretty accessible I was you know lucky a lot of the schools are you know in the city are old and and not very wheelchair friendly (laughs) yeah well it's it's a a big thing after working at a uh, place like Contento which is you know all about accessibility and inclusivity I realized how you know I could think I was self-aware about so many things but that's a very specific situation that I now am self-aware but because I've had an observer's experience exactly uh, yeah Mm -hmm. so it really is about visibility and exposure and and this is on spaces but you touched on language which is equally if not more important and that's not on the person living with the disability as much as it is on those without a disability to make those spaces more inclusive so when it comes to language what do you think is uh, uh, an inclusive uh, environment with i would say the first thing is for just people to be aware of what the issues are like um familiar familiarize yourself with ableism and then like reflect on your role like how what's your role in that in in the systemic issue that we have I would say that just like racism and sexism, ableism is what's holding people with disabilities back the most in our society. Mm. So just like to be aware of that, um, like if, unless like people are aware of that, it's not really gonna change. So I would say that's like the first step, just, just be aware of the language and what it is and what's holding us back. Speaking of awareness, I see it time and again. It, it, it's one thing to be a resource, right? To further a cause. But another one to have this kind of almost unfair responsibility to be the one to teach everyone you encounter in your path. Just how do you approach these interactions? How, how, how do you go about them? There's definitely a balance involved with people. <laughs> um... You know, I'm more than willing to like engage in discussions about disability issues and advocate for my community, especially when people are like genuine and open to learning. But um, I would say that like such conversations are like there's a time and a place and I don't owe my time or energy or to anyone. Um, some people are like, you know, just inappropriate or intrusive. So if I'm in my morning like commute or if I'm like just having a drink with friends, like I don't need to a stranger be asking me intrusive questions, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. Um, but I, you know, I've learned to politely decline such conversations and and set boundaries and stuff. Uh, yeah, it's definitely a, there's a balance. And yeah, I would imagine. Like... <laughs> I would imagine you'd gladly take on that responsibility, right? Of educating and and it's part of advocacy, but it must be plainly annoying to have to be bothered when you're just trying to have a good time. Yeah, I know. It's just like yeah, it's ed- just people need to educate themselves on like these issues that we deal with. <laughs> we have so much access in terms of you know knowledge and information that all of disability advocates on social media. It doesn't even have to be like that hard. Just just familiarize yourself with 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 other people's struggles in terms of either following um, certain people or. Uh, 
just being part of communities. Is there mm-hmm. some way you stay in touch with um, side, you know, the disability community, any other community that you, you might be a part of? Um, yeah, definitely. Um, I'm a woman, a Latina, and I also have a disability. So it's like, I'm like the minority, like trifecta. <laughs> it's like what I like to call it. Like, <laughs> And uh, yeah, and then, but I'm also like very committed to staying connected within my communities. Um, so like, for example, like I, I've been in a women's book club for like, at this point, for 10 years now. I can't believe it's been 10 years. Um, and we get together every six weeks. We've been doing it for 10 years, um, gather around good food, good wine, and then just, just have enriching conversations about our lives and about obviously the book. Um, it's been great. Like I cherish those moments and we've, we've have formed like, like that we'll, I'll forever have and. Uh, like I come from like it's a vibrant Dominican family. I have like a big group of cousins, and we're also more we're also friends. We're also grew up together. They reside in New York. Things um, are very like Latino. Fr- uh, they're like yeah, yeah. loud and funny, <laughs> and we're definitely a mistaken Dominican when we get together. <laughs> So that's, you know, that's also, um, I also cherish that, that I have like a big group of cousins and we get together all the time. And that's also great. Also like have a big group of, of disability uh, friends that have, you know, the different types of disabilities as well. Um, and we regularly meet up for happy hours, birthdays, etc. And uh, it was like a crucial support network for me. And it like constantly reinforces like this, like the strength of like shared experiences and how like that is just so like, so worth having like, and, and you don't know how good it is until you do have like that network um connections they they pretty much shape who i am and yeah about the the strength of shared experiences and i usually hear the phrase i mean we all do the what you have or how you have it until you lose it Mm -hmm. but here you said you don't know what you have until you have it which positive i don't know if that makes any sense but yeah no for sure i I feel like that was my experience with like I didn't really meet anyone with a disability until I was like late into my 20s I think and that was just because like I just like decided I just decided to like reach out to people in New York um at that point but then like after I did I was like I regretted like not doing it like when I was so much younger because it was so worthwhile like um just meeting people that are like going through similar things that you are and like Having those connections are 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 like. Yeah. Why why didn't you do it before? I honestly have no idea either. <laughs> I, I I look back and I'm like I don't know why. I just like don't you know point to reach out to specific groups or, and I don't know I don't know why that is. Right, I feel like yeah you know you're just dealing with whatever you're dealing with. It's not even it wasn't even like a something that I thought about it's, it's but not it, conscious do you do you think it might have anything to do with maybe identity and not wanting to either lead with a certain part maybe. or 
maybe maybe it was my own my own ableism that had stopped me who knows yeah maybe just like you know I was like scared of like just dealing with the disability at that point and like just how people are view are gonna view you you're just dealing with that when you're like dealing at the beginning but then obviously you just get over that I feel like that then you just it becomes the norm but and then I, maybe maybe that's when I decided that to reach out to people but I don't know I, but I definitely wish that I did um because it's it was it's been so like worthwhile and enriching so I'm ready you weren't ready and for whatever reason and... yeah but I definitely like would encourage you to reach out to to the community because like it, it you I, like I said like when you make those bonds those bonds are like so worthwhile to to just like reach to people that are dealing with similar things that that you are in the world or the being a part of a you know marginalized community a lot of the times is framed as having to overcome obstacle and struggles and while all of that is very very true and that i'm curious if there is any way in which belonging to the disability community the latinx community uh you in in other ways yeah i guess like what i was just saying before like um like those bonds that you make that you form with people are like invaluable um like if you're not part of those communities you wouldn't like you wouldn't know what you're missing out of kind of with those bonds um so i feel like i'm just lucky that that i i do belong to so many different types of communities and that they shape who i am uh, just forming those bonds are like um so enriching to my life like i i look forward to to hanging out with you know my my girlfriends or i look forward to um go and having some dominican food and hanging out with my dominican family or friends uh forward to you know just hanging um just hanging out with people with disabilities all the time as well just like those different connections that you make are um are positive and and you wouldn't even know you wouldn't even know what you're missing out of kind of well thank you thank you so much ariani for sharing thank you, even, thank you so much for inviting me even outside all right bye i will see you soon bye all right thank